coming up in this episode. Sometimes you get like, oh, how hard can that be? And then just go back, build something yourself. And then the customers are just finding obvious use cases where your software just breaks. And you're just like, how the f- did I didn't see that? I quite often tell solo founders to um, create basically a bit of a journal or a diary, something they worked on on their product, whatever it is, jot it down. And I say, you know, do this in one document because that can act as the foundation for all the things you've just said. It could it could be a great blog idea. It could be the, the V1 of their sales playbook. It could be, you know what I mean? Like their company handbook, the beginning of that, like all of it's in there if you just get your thoughts down on paper. I always love putting pricing up front. I always love using that as a barrier. Like um, it's not like you have to pay to get to use it, but get to use it and tell me what I need to do to get you to pay this price for it. The Founders Unplugged podcast, hosted by Greg McCallum. Raw, unedited conversations with entrepreneurs and startup founders. It's the setup I have for, it's the setup I have for today. I would have recorded this at home, but uh, we have to get all our floors redone. So it's uh, it's a mess. And, and it's not, I don't know, it's just the, 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 like the, the, the lack on the top and the top polishing. So it's not changing the floors. It's just right, uh, right, right. we just bought a new place and the people that did the floors did did like it's it's the worst company I've ever worked with. Oh, they really? just try to shortcut it every time. Like and uh, yeah. So it's, what, the, it's, the, the it's, com- what the company doing the floors, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so right. they uh, everybody else we work with, I really I really wanted to make the move easy and the renovation easy. Mm. Uh, but uh so we are out in February booking people in and they got really good recommendations, but I can simply see on that trust pilot that over the spring and and summer that it's getting worse and worse with reviews. So I think something's oh, really? gone wrong and, I, and I'm up talking with the owner and he's also just like, his mindset is just like, they make a decision on the office on what to do. They don't come out and look at the problems. Right. And then they, they're fixed on that situation. Not a good way, a good way to do business. No, 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 and uh, I'm uh, yeah. So it's a uh, it's a pain, stuff, but uh... but at least you're in though, because I remember last time I spoke to you, you, that was it was a while ago we spoke about, um, and yeah, you were getting you were preparing for all of that. So so how did the move go overall? Was it all right? The move went really well. Like it was, it was a hard month not having a home with two small kids. Yeah. Um, but but so I said like my days during July was like either like ten out of ten. Or one or two or three out of ten. Right. Like either either that was like we had the most, and we really tried to make something out of it. Like, should we have rented as a like vacation house next to next to my parents' vacation house? We could rent the house next to that. Yeah. So we could live. We could borrow my parents' vacation house, and then have friends come friends come and visit us. Our family come and visit us. And like, should we have really made something that was that we had really had some amazing days during the summer? And then every and then there was also all the panicking of like. Yeah, the, mostly just the floor people just right, making right. things wrong. I think that it's the fourth time they have to, like we're trying to schedule them to come. They have made it wrong three times. No, like, it's insane. So um, are you yeah. are you getting like a refund or anything at least? Uh, if, but you have to find So for the first three times, we hadn't paid them yet because it was just ugly work. So it was clear to us that there was something wrong. Mm. So, but the problem fourth time here is that now we have paid them because we thought it was good, but we can just see that, for example, the floor in the kitchen is not durable enough for normal kitchen work. Like, so mm. if you spill any little drop of water, 
it would get into the floors to get a spot. Like, uh, how can, I, I mean, even I know how to put a floor in. Like, how can they screw it up if it's their job? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's, it's, uh, it was actually the fascinating thing building Worktrack, and this was to see it was a management problem. Yeah, like, there was yeah. no, like, everybody else we worked with, they came out to us, talked to us, saw the work that needed to be done, like, and made a plan. Mm. Then the team came out and did it, and then they came back and did the QA. Yeah, and for the floor company, like getting them out of the office is impossible, and that so they don't know what the team. Like I had a week long discussion whether one of our floors were white or not, because they, it should have been white, and it was white but not the right color. But the man, that the project manager was like, no, no, he he wrote here that he didn't use any white lag. He just used used plain lag. So of course it's not white, but so so like even that basic level of coordination. Yeah, just come and it, see it. Like, Jesus come and Christ. See it. And it took a week <laughs> to get him out to see it. And now we spent like two weeks just on this problem, trying to maybe get them out and see it. And they just focused on I mean, it. It's incredible. I, I feel like there's a, a good business lesson to be learned in this, you know, for anyone listening. Because by the way, we, we've started. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. But it sounds like no, but, everything but else besides, is going to We have to, and we have to, uh, as we also talked to my wife about, Besides the floors, it's really everything else working. It's really nice place. Mm. Slowly getting to be a home. It's just when you don't know if, if you have to put every take everything out again and yeah, in again yeah. and out again. So so I feel it's really frustrating that it's this little thing. But mm. else everything else is really good. Kids are good. Uh, business is uh, is uh, is okay. Like I would like we would always like things to go faster and better. But of course. Uh, because uh, you launched around the same sort of time as all this was happening as well, didn't you? Or a little bit before, wasn't it? Yeah. I I closed what I like I like to do closed launches when mm. I start. So you can only sign up for a demo, though I don't really believe in that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's so I semi-launched, like let the world knew that I worked on things to get early customers, early users uh, in and really play with the product and then and then I found, I think, through that early feedback, I really found the epiphany of what WorkJoy should be and how it should work and what it should look like. Especially getting, one thing is to talk to stakeholders, but getting real employees using it and yeah. getting their feedback. That's been the best. Like, that's the way I really know I've hit it with WorkJoy is that the best feedback comes from regular employees. Mm. Which is I, what it was intended to be. Which is what is it was intended yeah. to be. Like, of course, help leaders and managers by helping employees, but, 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 uh, yeah, so it's um, no, so that's been uh, yeah, but it's going. Well, uh, it's, it's, that, no, no, that's great. We'll, and we'll get into the details of that because I'm really curious to hear how that's all gone. But um, but just before we kind of get into it, there is there is literally like one formality that we need to yeah. do. That only one, um, and then we can carry on just chatting. Yes. But um, yeah, and and no, no, that's fine. That's how I like it. It's it's uh, um, usually how most of these start. To be honest. <laughs> Yeah. talking about something i think my last one we started talking about allergies for about 20 minutes before we then realized we had a podcast to do so it's fine um <laughs> yeah but the only formality is um i think it's just really great to start these things off with my guests to introduce themselves so who you are and a bit about the business you know what is the business and so on and then uh, and then yeah i've got a ton of questions i want to ask you about what's been going on the last few months cool so over to you yeah, yeah thank you i'm uh, i'm hans christian uh, I'm the founder of uh, WorkJoy, where uh, we help companies. Um, uh, yeah, I have the, my little uh, pitch of uh, of uh, yeah uh, making um, making uh, 
making employees just as excited about Mondays as they are about Fridays. Like that's really my um, my key, like the overall mission for WorkDrive. Uh, it's been one of the things I can see in my career that excitement I've had towards Mondays that really have helped me. So it's something I really want to bring on to a lot of other companies. So so my background is that that I'm officially now a serial entrepreneur, so which is uh, yeah really fun to be able to say. But but I have for the past ten years built a, a bootstrap a company called uh, Clerk.io. It's a bootstrap for yeah, about 10 years, um, up from zero to uh, 150 people. Uh, and it, it, it I always in the e-commerce personalization space. Um, and then I, I didn't sell the company, but uh, I hired a professional CEO to run it. Uh, and then um, uh, then I'm doubling down on Workjoy. And Workjoy is really the all the pain I experienced as CEO growing from zero to 150 and all the learnings and not only the pain I had as a leader, but also I could see that my young leaders had and my employees had and how hard it was to create that alignment across a company, how hard it was to keep that spirit of, of like the early entrepreneurship as you grew. Um, so that all of that is built in. And I really felt like the problems I had as CEO was of course some of that is leadership, but a lot of leadership is like the same. There's there's not an exact formula to it, but there's there's sort of like it's the same things that goes again. Like you can maybe read many leadership books, but you when you do that, you realize it's it's the same points, different words. So yeah. so there's a way to lead people well, uh, uh, and really work as really the software that should help support that way. And I, and I think I've not met, I couldn't find. A piece of software CEO that kind of dare to double down on, on great leadership, uh, especially philosophy, philosophy I call calm leadership, which is really what I think I learned and I learned to be good at. Like I think one of my proudest moments was when I had my small kids. Like they are, uh, they have like Johannes is five and Astrid is three, but when they were born, like in the years where they were really young. I had a business that I think I, I from Johannes was born and, and until I stopped as CEO, I quadrupled the business, but I still had three months paternity leave. I had 30 uh, hour uh, work days and we even had COVID and everything else. And I think a lot of that was what I tried to put into home leadership about how can you actually find your rhythm of operating uh, yeah. uh, when you run a company. And, and we grew from like 30 to 150 people uh, with me having small kids. And I, and I don't think, like, I think I really had a really, really great balance. It's one of my, one of the things I'm most proud about, like mm. hands down is not just scaling the company of, and my wife says the same thing. It's, it's not just the scaling of the company. It's how in balance with family and kids that I managed to do it. And that's some of the things I tried to put into to work your as truly well and and some of that of course is also a, a, a philosophy mm. yeah so that's what I'm, I'm yeah that's a way where, where i came from and where I'm, where I'm headed today yeah and it's no small thing i remember when we first spoke you know all those months back we, we spoke a lot about the the sort of i guess frameworks that you've developed you know mm. for yourself um and i and, and you, i remember you mentioning you know you, you definitely borrowed from other areas but essentially you had found your own particular rhythm i remember you saying that and that yeah. and, and that's something that i know you've you've written a fair bit about um what is it that's kind of 
I mean, do you feel like you've got a really good understanding of what that is now? Or do you feel like some of it is kind of instinctive um, and also very specific to the individual, like for yourself at that specific time? I think we have, like, I think there, there's this interesting things with us humans that we are very different and very alike mm. at the same time. Yeah, we're a walking like, contradiction, yeah. Yeah, so, so we feel so different, but if you look at us, most of us are the same people. Mm -hmm. Like you can do, if you look at the person, that, like, like just compared to every other animal, like of course we are very, very alike. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, but if you just look at us as, as humans, we are very, very different. But if you check things like personality tests, you can essentially group people into five big traits. Mm -hmm. I got some combination of like so. So there are these patterns, and I really thought that was interesting about leadership. Is a lot of that is learning these basic buckets like everybody is unique but we all fit into a bucket and and i live up to a lot of stereotypes about the kind of person i am and and you'll probably do the same and mm. and um so 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 think about yeah you need to find your own rhythm i think the reason why there's so many leadership books is because you need to find your own words to put mm. on to this but it's the same patterns. It's the same good ideas that work over and over again. It's the same things that don't work over and over again. And that's why sometimes when you hear really good leaders give advice, I can sometimes be frustrated because it sounds so simple. Yeah. And it and it is. But you need to kind of learn to master it, and 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 really feel it before it becomes simple. Mm. So that's typically the thing about the world. You learn something new, seems simple. You try to do it hard. Then you master it simple again. Like, mm. um, no, so I think, uh, yeah, I'm very much about, I think, a word I like to use is rhythms. Uh, that uh, it's not, uh, that kind of defines all the things that are recurring in, in a business. Like, and if you want to do everything long term, like you're going to have different periods of time, uh, like business, kids, you know, like everything is a phase, nothing is, is forever. So things will always be changing, but you also have some rhythms. You need to put your daily life into to make it work. Like you have to chuck your kids at bed at some point in the evening or mm -hmm. find your rhythm for, for this age. So I think it's very much, I'm really a believer in if you want to be calm as a leader, you really want to, you need to find your own rhythm. Um, and the rhythms I have found, I usually say, if you, if, if that's a pattern, I think work great across all companies, all leaders is that, that that like rhythms have different lengths like so so you can say you have your daily rhythm that's a lot about the individual productivity like if you as a leader can look at your team's individual daily rhythms and optimize those for their productivity you will just get more out of them mm. and that's where many leaders actually sometimes get in the way of that team on a day-to-day -day basis but i think if you just look at daily rhythms personal productivity I like to say weekly rhythms that can be like one week or maximum two weeks at a time is more about team alignment. Like mm. if you put team alignment, just just your team, just the micro alignment in a weekly rhythm, then you have kind of that checked off. Uh, like again, company alignment once once a month. And then I like to do what I call change management. Uh, uh, and, and I hate that word, but it's, it's such a broad bucket for everything you want to change. Like you can do mm. that on a bi-monthly schedule, or you can do that on a quarterly schedule of some companies might like to do it on a yearly schedule, but but like, so you have these rhythms. And if you just define those rhythms as a leader, 
things become a lot easier, both for you and for your team. Because what the rhythm do is that they make they make the unpredictable predictable. So we don't know what we're going to do next month, but we have a predictable rhythm to to kind of fix it and just create this calmness for everything. Mm. And I suppose, like, if we we follow that analogy on a bit more of rhythm, which I like, by the way, because if it, you know, for me, it it resonates with me as someone who's kind of visual and 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 the way that I think of an organization, I, I think of it very much as like this 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 web, you know, almost of of different threads that are really important. And I and I can sort of so so you know, imagining that in there, I, I can just sort of see it. I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain, but it it makes sense in my mind. You can, you know? uh, you can compare to music. Like I've heard drums. Right, right. Yeah. So, like so, like an orchestra yeah. almost. Like is everyone is everyone on tempo and is everyone doing that? Also you have your hi-hat, like that's your daily routine. That's the smallest rhythm you can have. Or yeah. like uh, you have like okay, so you might have the individual notes, that's your individual days, like okay, then you have a beat that might be uh uh no, now I'm not no, I'm not used to speak about music in English, so I know one or two what is it called <laughs> phrases or like you might have rhythm that's a couple of blocks long yeah. and then it repeats. And then you have your song that have like a verse and a chorus, but those repeats again. You have these, like, that's, that's the reason why we like the chorus when it comes back is because we know it, we recognize it. Yeah. So, so we built for rhythms. And, and I really think about a lot about like music. And, and I think many companies and many leaders, like, as you can say, you can only see the forest for, for you can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. Like yeah. if you just, in many companies, you just, Get introduced to the individual notes of the bass guitar like two notes from the bass guitar four notes from the drums like one from mm -hmm. the keyboard you can't see the picture like like so the rhythms really help you create and to see this is a verse this is a chorus like we all do the same things here mm -hmm. uh, even though it's a different concert a different place uh yeah i like it as an analogy yeah because of the i can it's easy to to, to wrap your head around um and you're right like so often you know you can't hear the full song because you're too focused on specific uh, segments of the of the, the musicianship but like um so so how does this all factor into work joy because I, I know you kind of explained it at the beginning but like for people i i know what work joy is because we've spoken mm -hmm. before and, and you've shown it to me but um yeah for, for those listening or watching how does this all factor into work joy like what is work joy specifically so so yeah, so 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 if you just take one step back and say, well, what is WorkJoy? Well, WorkJoy is the software I wish I had as a CEO right. when I grew from 100 to 150 people, uh, um, because I think there's a lot of tools you need to run a great people organization, but the people tech space is just super fragmented. Mm. So I sat down and said, okay, if I want to do the best training, I want to do the best feedback, I want to do the best alignment, I want to, if I want to do the best uh, knowledge sharing, like, all the things you need to run a bigger organization. I needed like I thought I counted eight tools. That's not going to work. Like like you have a diminishing return every time you introduce a new tool because mm. people have to get to learn that and go over there and then remember to go over there. So I normally have a rule: you can have like three tools. So, so basically, it was my frustration that I thought that there was two problems. One, I had this super fragmented people tech space with all these different tools, and then I thought because all the tools were kind of then you had a learning management system that was only learning management system. Then it had to be really broad to attract a big market, or you had a project management system that was only a project management system. Then it had to be really flexible to to attract a big big market. So none of them dare to double down on great collaboration, like mm -hmm. on great leadership. So, so I think work is really two things. 
it's taking all of the essential tools you need in your people tech stack and everybody has these or should have these like some companies just choose not to because of the diminishing return but all the tools you need to build a great uh, people tech stack and then each of the two like built into one platform where they really natively work together and it's one coherent experience um and then uh, and then for every single thing we build we really like take okay what's the best practice in the industry and combine it what is the best practice in the what you call the social science of leadership mm. like so we always combine that so for example one thing we're really good at, uh, for example, with our project management system is working across teams. And that's because we've built a flow where if I, as a leader, delegate a task to somebody else, that delegation path is super clear. It's not complicated, it's not heavy like a lot of these systems. It's super lightweight, but it's clear to everybody who delegated to who. And I have one view in WorkJoy where across, I can see across the whole organization, uh, not only my own tasks, but all the tasks I've delegated to other people. And when they have completed a task, and I think this is a, a thing where, it's just my little example of where I worked right there to shine. When you have completed a task, somebody else delegated to you, it goes back. Like in many, most system traits, a task when it's done, as it's done. Like, so if you mm -hmm. delegate a task to me and I said it was done, the task management system will say it's done. But that's not reality. That actually creates a lot of conflict because I might think it's done, but if you gave him a task, that doesn't mean you think it's done. Right. Like, so, so in WorkJoy, we've built in this little flow of, of if you've delegated a task, it always runs into a little tab where, where we just confirm it. And that means it gives you, it, 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 it solves this problem that if you delegated a task to me, I think it's done, I go on with something else, and then you come back to me and say, oh, no, no, it's not done then I get feedback in an unpredictable manner. Like I'm interrupted mm -hmm. in somebody else to get negative news about something I think was done. Or I launch something uh, out into the world. That, like so, so we build this feedback loop into everything. So it's super transparent for everybody. And you can just easily request me to improve the thing I've done. or And then we'll just go back into my workflow. Or you can confirm that it's done. Mm -hmm. uh, and not only have we built that little flow, and we've actually also built directly integrated our feedback module like for giving 360 degree feedback for your colleagues directly into the task manager such that, because that's a big problem in the feedback space is that when you give feedback, like we know good feedback should be concrete and on the work and not on the person, but because the feedback mechanisms we have are one-on-ones or these like quarterly reviews or whatever people, or yearly reviews or whatever people do, then like it quickly becomes on the person. So I would maybe give you the feedback that you are a bad communicator. And that's super mm -hmm. hurtful. But but when we work on a concrete task, I can give you the feedback, say, hey, on this task, if you had just explained this thing like the first time, I would have gotten it the first time. It would have been super helpful to me. Like yeah. that's how work that works. If we dare to we dare to be opinionated about good leadership. And when I say opinionated, like literally do what's in the textbooks. Um uh, because there's some common commonality to this. And then bring all these tools together. And, and what you get out of that is, is a bit of a, a, a tool set for what everybody else tries to build with this uh, set of diverse tools that employees then have to jump jump uh, between. So sometimes yeah. I also say, like, you can see it a bit like, it's we use a lot of the same process as HubSpot is doing. Mm. Like, oh, in the back in the days, you would have a lot of different tools for your customer journey, but nobody would dream of doing that today. You would, of course, you have one CRM for the whole customer journey. Mm. And of course you want one software for the whole employee journey. So 
So right now we've built all these alignment and productivity tools and, and, and learning because we thought that was where we could make the difference uh, uh, impact. Um, but, but we're also building an HRIS, like mm -hmm. a basic employee documents and uh, sick leave and all these uh, kind of boring things. So employees don't have to go to another system for that. Like we're building a recruiting system that also have like personality tests and more scientific based on recruiting built into it. Like, so we have all this, these things building into the platform. Like, an, like a company operating system, essentially, right? And and, and it's it's like inevitable that this, this sort of thing would happen. I, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this over the years. And I think we spoke about this before. Mm. where it's it seems inevitable that you know you'd have to go to this point because like you said the more and more that's thrown at businesses in their tech stack to use mm. like oh this is useful and this is useful and i'm guilty of it too because i've just i've you know as you know i'm, I'm a founder of a, a b2b tech startup as well right um specifically in the area of feedback right which yeah. we, which we've talked about and you know it, it's overwhelming and I've become really cognizant of this over the years, working in the B2B space especially, that businesses are getting more and more tired of being sold yet another platform mm. that they have to not only pay for, which is adding a huge amount of strain, but like you said, teach their staff how to use, ensure that they're using it, right? And often these the all these platforms have a slightly different logic to them, a slightly different UI, a slightly different, you know, it's a lot like employees are spending more time on on software than they are actually doing their job. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the context switch is extremely expensive. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was guilty of it as CEO that sometimes I forgot to go into the like HR system and approve something or blah, blah like all these things because it has yet another tool. Yeah. Um, so um it's like, so, what's my password i can't get in <laughs> like, yeah. also just the different ui and how was this yeah. working again and uh, you can see with lms as a reason why like i think lms like a, a learning management system is key when you hire somebody of mm. course you should go through a training program where you have either written down or recorded video mm. how you do great work you cannot expect people to do great work if you don't set the tone of what that great work is and then lms is just a super sufficient way of not only um communicating that but also making sure that people have understood that like mm -hmm. and it should not stand on its own you can always do personal training to follow up on that but to build a baseline like and most companies don't buy it because it's it's yet another tool yeah like and it's hard to get adoption because you have to go over there where we've just built it in the early beta in, in workjoy like in, in our development environment and i've just tried it out right now you're just in your sidebar you just just as for your inbox you have a little number if there are like courses that you haven't completed yet mm. and it's just it's just why as your brain to automatically just go in there and get it yeah. done and uh, keep, keep so, it simple yeah keep it simple so so i think and, and, and this is just how software goes like what was a standalone company 10 years ago is a feature today so so yeah. there's nothing wild about what we are doing it's just come to the people tech space and mm. i can see a lot of our competitors are maneuvering that, that way their problem is just that they have they always do it from an angle like mm. either from some of the software values or from the hr space or from like so always do it from angle that means they get boxed in by that initial angle where, where, mm. where, what i decided to do in work contrary to common startup advice so so that's my bet is you know we build a platform that's built to be this, this platform we don't just start nailing one thing and then do 
or the us because we're gonna get like bucked down in that corner and with mm-hmm. everything else we're going to do is going to be flavored by that so so the flavor should be from the beginning that that we are this multi multi-product platform and you're kind of and the, the trajectory of a company is dictated by its customers oftentimes right so so doing that that other way of doing it that like you said the one that is most commonly given as startup advice niching down focusing on one area means that you know you you would then find more and more clients in that area and every feature request every every uh, every direction you get is to service that one area and and so your resources are pulled to that and you know that the worry then is for companies to say well we want to expand well okay we might piss off our current client base and it you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place right yeah we are time boxing right now there's time box mm. there's a certain amount of time we use on feedback because i think that's the best way to work like mm. especially doing my second company really doubling down and building something people love uh, because you understand what it takes now mm. like it's um it's yeah like so that's one thing i really love that just working on customer feedback understanding not only just building the thing they're asking but really understanding what is the problem you experience and how can we build something that's maybe yeah. even better uh and um but then we also time boxing and say no no we are on a mission we don't cannot be, be bucked down on this. So, so mm. we're building these things. Uh, we're still like again, like we have lots of feature requests for one of the first things we launched were the kind of this project management part of the product, um, which was really essentially just to begin with solving working cross teams. Mm. Like how do we work cross teams efficiently? The task process at work described just before works really, really excellent across teams. Like just to give an example, um, most companies don't, if a customer reports a bug, most customers never get back to the customer when the bug is fixed because they can't figure out where it was from. Or So if a customer service representative in Workjoy just tags up a bug for one of the developers, like then because you have this feedback loop, the developer can either just use Workjoy to fix it or they can go over into different systems. But but in the end, the, the developer has to tag the task complete as completed for the for the customer support representative and that means they get it back into that confirm so so mm-hmm. even though they never monitor it they just get notified when the developer is done mm-hmm. so that kind of thing no so the point is even though we double down on that in the beginning and we get a lot of feature requests for that we're still no no we need to move forward on the lms we need to move forward on on the uh, the the hr is system and stuff like that so we kind of become this this full platform I, I think this is the key difference between you know a company founded by someone who's got an idea and a company founded by someone who's something of a visionary and i don't mean to sort of like blow smoke up your ass or anything but like <laughs> you you clearly had a very strong big vision right and mm. and so you know the way that you're going to be pushing this forward is going to be very different from a, a, a maybe someone like me who's you know who or, or some other founders out there who just got an idea of fixing a very you know particular set of, of of somewhat small problems that they've they've noticed in a very specific area you're looking to fix a a, a system right which is a lot bigger and and requires a lot more foresight so when you get that feedback you you're putting it through the filter of okay does this align with the overall vision and are we making that overall vision clear to our users and that 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 i imagine presents a whole different set of challenges that ordinary founders maybe like myself wouldn't go through right would that be fair to say 
Yeah, and I think it's, I just had a meeting earlier with one of our early users where, um, yeah, it was interesting. Every time they had a like feature request, I was like, yeah, yeah we have that. Like I have thought about that. Right, like, right. Because you have thought about where you want to go, but you just, you just kind of build it just in time. Yeah. So you have, a, and so you have thought about a lot of how these things should work and how so you're like, I, you're like one step ahead of them, basically. <laughs> yeah. You try to, because you have the vision of where we need to go and then you're just like, okay, it's going to take a long time go, to go there. And we have a rough idea of how everything should work. So when customers ask for it, we always have something like ready. Yeah. Uh, not not product ready, but idea ready. And like, okay, we thought about doing it this way. Would that work with your with your setup? So yeah, so yeah there's a whole. But I also spent a year on on besides like I spent a whole year before building what is now the product. I spent a whole year building two prototypes and and a lot of like research with uh, like CEOs, founders. C-level leaders, middle leader, mid-management leaders, coaches, but also just regular employees. I think that's the best user research we have done. It's actually just taking a lot of small interviews, cups of coffee with regular employees and regular companies and understanding their problems. And I think it's really what is often overlooked is that leaders, like if employees are like, as a leader, your job is to create results through others. So the more they get done, the better they work, the, the more you get done. But I think many leaders, leaders mistakenly get gets in, 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 in the way there. So I think some of the best feedback we've gotten for WordPress basically mm. going down there. Yeah, so, so right, it's big. And sometimes I wish I would have just done a little thing. Like, like <laughs> it's, uh, you all, the grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah, but, yeah. But this is really a, a problem I believe should be solved. And I believe it's the right time because we just have a place where the software like it's all of the things we're putting together are established like mm. there's not going to be radically new inventions uh all the uh large language models ais might tweak some of it and, and provide interesting things and to, to do some things but but we're not reinventing the wheel anywhere like mm. there are good leadership books out there there's good leadership tools they have not changed for a long time um and so nobody's really there to double down on on combining them and then double down on on this building great leadership into the ui of the product mm. um and into the workflows of the product and really simply this is how it is we're not going to be this tool that's extremely flexible not that that like you can do what you can do and all like all the flexible tools people build the same things anyway like i've sitting yeah. with with and, and looked at what people have built. I'm just like, yeah, you have just built like a basic project management system, but in a spreadsheet or in Notion or in like, or you have built, uh, yeah, for the um, LMSs where we've looked at what people have done is like, and you've built like all the LMSs are more or less the same. And everybody who builds their own has built more or less the same. So, so, so even the flexible tools, like people still just do the same thing. Mm. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So, uh, so, so do you use WorkJoy in Clerk, I, uh, Clerk as well? Yeah, yeah. And in, in WorkJoy ourselves, of course, even yeah. though we're a small company and it's built, like you can say the problem, as I normally say, is like it's the pain points it really solves are from 30 people and up. Like right. they are there below 30 people. It's just so you're so small that it can be easily solved. Yeah. Um, but the, our main market is 30 people and up. Like when you start to get, when you start to really structure your 
recruitment and onboarding and how people work and like we really have to create this good company infrastructure such that it doesn't just become one big entangled mess yeah. uh, but we'll produce it as, as again for small company and i can see it people who are interested in it are either people that have come to that point or founders that are starting again mm-hmm. like they might be five people but they know the pain and they just want to they want to get ahead of it they can want to get ahead of it yeah so yeah. um so um yeah yeah and so you mentioned that, that some of the best feedback you've had is from sort of frontline employees so what are they saying like are, are they first of all I, are, are they finding it useful and and if they are what, what, what in what ways my favorite quote is from a frontline employee uh, for, from a company that tested and where that was um he said something on the line of um i wish we had worked there when i started here because for the first two months, I had 22 tabs I never dared to close because I would mm-hmm. never find whatever was in that tab again. And that was like knowledge base articles, systems for this thing, systems for that thing, you know, like, um, uh, especially see companies right now using Notion for a lot of things. But, but what people forget is when they build Notion, it's a no-code platform. So if you don't document it, when you come in as a new guy having to learn all of these things, like it's, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so again, like I think that quote, I had 22 tabs I didn't dare to close for two months because I was afraid I would never find it again. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that really shines a light. And this is a company that was, that is good rated by employees that has its shit down and has its setup, but it has just has a lot of tools, like, yeah. and a lot of systems. And even in those tools, as I mentioned, like, when you have Notion, it's not one tool, it's a collection of different tools people have built, or mm. you might have eight different project management tools in Notion, and they all work slightly different. And mm. yeah, so, 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 so I think that quote really resonated with me. And we've just launched some different UI changes to the menu, where before the menu was more structured based on our features, like from our point of view. And now we've completely re-ramped it into from the employee's point of view. When you're context switching at work, what is top of mind? So, so in the menu, you cannot clearly see like our features anymore, but it's more blended into one. For example, the LMS and the knowledge base is just under a, a menu item called knowledge because in this employee, you don't care if it's a course or if it's a handbook. Right. Like yeah. you, you're just context switching. I need to know how to solve this problem. And if Where anything, that adds a layer of confusion. It's like, okay, I know that there was that thing, but I can't yeah. remember if it was in a course or if it was in a, you know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't yeah, matter. Here or there but, or yeah, or you're adding a layer of complexity to the whole thing. Yeah. And you, exactly. and you have this uh, unified search built into everything, so you can always search from anywhere. Like, so right. it, and you have all these things where it's just about really, I've, I come from a background of um, e-commerce UX, and I think mm. it can really helps me here because in e-commerce UX, UX is money. And you can measure it. Like what really got me interested into programming, even before Clerk.io, was really that okay, we made our the buy now button. Like we changed it from just saying buy to buy now. It was a bit greener, a bit bigger, and had a bit more margin. Like in the code, it's literally the same code, but we created instantly three percent growth for the company. Yeah, yeah. which would normally That's- have taken us a month or two months to get to. Right. That's the kind of stuff that absolutely fascinates me about software too, is is the, the psychology um, behind software and, and how, yeah, very simple design choices can can 
can just suddenly open up a realm of possibilities by just making things just yeah resonate with how people work because people are weird you know like one of the really interesting things about launching any new SaaS product and I've worked with hundreds at this point is you know the, the first step right getting it into the hands of people because like you said feedback is really integral and what's interesting at that stage is just seeing what people do with it and they yeah. do insanely unexpected things <laughs> and you know I've worked with I remember one founder I won't name his name but I remember working with one founder before who didn't get that what you're meant to do in that situation which is you're meant to change your product to fit yeah. what people are doing instead yeah. of trying to educate them no this is how our product works and it's like no mate you don't understand the point of software is to service people and I think that along the way that there's 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 still a bit of that like you know there's still some resistance it's like no but this is our baby this is what we created and there's a bit of resistance to just be like what do you need it to do if you're going to keep clicking there let's move it there you know what I mean <laughs> But it's so difficult, I think, because it's a balance of listening to people, understanding, and as you say, get that thing done, mm. but also still taking your stand on, no, this is how I believe where the world should be. Right, like, right. That's so hard. And that's really, so you cannot just yeah. say, we just do everything customers ask. That's going to mm. be shitty. Like, and you cannot just go in and say, this is how I believe the world should be. That's going to be shitty. The, right. the art. The art is really that balance of being really good at listening to people and solving the problems, but solving them in a way that's consistent with how you believe the world to be. Um, and then, yeah, yeah. Um, so I always remember, this is a bit of a random story, but I remember when I was a teenager, one of my first jobs was working in a restaurant. Well, it's an Italian restaurant. And... Uh, and this 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 resulted in my first ever consultancy work, right? But um, uh, at the time, and this is really really this sounds really simple and stupid, but I'll, I'll mention it anyway. There was um, there was a, a kitchen that was in like an open kitchen, and it had the front, so everyone could see in the kitchen. You know, Italian restaurant, theatre, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And what everyone every, there used to be stations all around the restaurant where there was the tills, and there would be the big pepper thing and the parmesan, right? Yeah. And it was on all the tills. And inevitably, what would happen was the manager would start getting pissed off because everyone kept leaving the big pepper mills and the, the the parmesan graters at the front of the. The counter for the kitchen they would leave right. it on the front because they would do it and then they would have to run and get more food and give it to the table right yeah. and so there would just be all these pepper mills everywhere and they would be left there and so the and the manager kept saying guys put them back go back to your thing and they, they would explain every time but we have to go and go back to our station and then go back to the thing it doesn't make sense so i just said um i've got an idea <laughs> just move the fucking stations on either side of the kitchen uh, uh yeah. window right that was it simple right yeah. and suddenly things started being more efficient and i think there's this this and, and the reason why i think to this is because it's a similar sort of thing to my mind of of of, of like it was a compromise right it's yeah. it's not right in the middle it's right on the sides it's still not in the way it's still not you know it's not untidy um so it's not you know going to offend the manager but it's more efficient for the for the service and i think that's the in a very roundabout way that's the kind of thing that i think about when i think about software it's like as as to how to find the compromise it's like well yeah. if people are going to continually do this and this is helpful then we need to do something similar to that but it is also important that this is a clear station and people can get to it and it doesn't look messy for for the customers you know um yeah a bit of a random <laughs> sorry but makes, that's, that's what uh, i always makes, think about when i think about sense. these things and, and how to find the balance you know what i mean between between those two things you talked about 
Yeah, but, but it, it, and it, that is the art and the science of it, is really figuring out how do you help people and how do you help them with not, yeah, little things they haven't seen. So that's the hard thing, and that's really... Oh, yeah, yeah. Parmesan and enough. pepper. Whenever you're thinking about it, just think of Parmesan and pepper. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's also like now that I'm back in the weeds, like starting over again, like now for 10 years been working on on the same product, the same thing, it's, it's a really... It's really, really interesting getting back on the front line, like showing something right. for the first time to people. And it's sometimes like you think it's also been a really humbling experience because like when you've been CEO for 150 people, I wouldn't say you feel like a big shot because you always feel like you're failing in some way. Right. But, but, but if, sometimes you get like, okay, how hard can that be? And then you start, go back, build something yourself. And then that, Customers are just finding obvious use cases where your software just breaks, and you're just like, "How the f did I didn't see that?" If you are enjoying this episode, please subscribe, like, and share your thoughts in the comments. Yeah, like, yeah. I obvious. thought I was better than that. How did I miss that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just had it with the editor where if you copy paste it from Google Docs, only Google Docs, but like, it it, it could get super weird and break. Like right. so, and that was just because the the content when you copy paste from Google Docs is more messy than the systems we have tested copy pasting from. That was more structured. Like mm -hmm. so, we hadn't got all that mess into like, like so 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 yeah, I really love that. But but that's why I really firm believer of. I can just remember like one of the first uh, users on on WorkJoy uh, was like, "Hey, I'm creating like action items for this meeting," but but. The way he created it was not good on the meeting clicking on the add action item button. No, he's just creating a task, which is really what the action item is. In like free, and like just as a free floating task, mm. which is fine. You could do that. It was like, how do I add it to the meeting? Like he wanted to create the task, then go and like change it back and set it to say, oh, this task could you be under that meeting? So mm. all these workflows that yeah, you really need to figure out how to, to do them, those things nice. I think that's really interesting about software. Yeah, definitely. Being here definitely. in the early days. Because I'm I'm really, um... Sorry, I was just going to say, I'm having the same issue with, with you mentioned Notion. So I'm, I'm setting up Notion at the moment, and I haven't really properly used Notion anywhere before. Um, I've always used it to a, to a small amount, and I'm setting it up um, for myself and for some of my clients and, and, and yeah, a few other things because I'm working on. And I'm overwhelmed with options. That's the problem I have with it. I'm overwhelmed with options. It's a great tool. I can see its value, but I'm overwhelmed with options. How do you avoid that same sort of thing with a tool like WorkJoy, where you're offering a huge amount of functionality? Like, like you mentioned, I know there's some some sort of tricks there, like you just talked about, you know, just calling something knowledge as opposed to LMS, etc. Mm. But like, that, that it's still a it's still a quite a big concern potentially, right? That's why I want to see WorkJoy as opinionated. Because what work, what Notion is not is opinionated. Right. Like, and I love, like, I love Notion. It's, it's Notion agnostic. Is really, yeah, it's really great for what it is, which is a no-code platform. Like, it's a spreadsheet mixed with text, and you can do a little bit of data, and you can do a little like it's really fun. Like, ah, we we use Notion to organize our moving, and like me and my wife, uh, we use Notion to organize our our wedding. But 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 what I see now that I come into more and more companies and see how they work, uh, what I see is that the problem is as soon as you get big, you are building software, you're building systems, which means when you build it, you have to maintain it and document it. Mm. 
like and and people really really underestimating and underestimate this documentation things so when i come in i can just see people build a system abandon it like build a system abandon it and every time they build it they are super excited because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm i'm creating the process and this is going to be great and then they as we just talked about they present it to real users mainly the employees and then they're fucking it all up because they're not filling out all the fields the manager had thought about should be filled out because who the fuck does that every day like yeah. so, so that's really the value of work joy is that that if if i want to be frank like an experienced leader and software developer has sat down and made the right choices hmm. like so that's why i say it's opinionated is that that you could there's nothing you could there's some things because of privacy you could doing work joy that you couldn't do a notion but many things you could just recreate a notion the point is just that we have filtered out all the mistakes by like tons of user testing tons of reading leadership books tons of my personal experience tons of experience going even back to the ui and stuff like that so when you double down on good leadership you get it into the ux and you get these results and it's not small things like context switching like if conscious fiction is complicated, an employee is going to take a break. Mm. You're going to get, ah, uh, I can't do it. This is too much. I'm just going to go on Facebook or I'm going to go for a cup of coffee and then I talk to some colleagues and that feels like work. So it's fine. Mm. So, so context switching in a company is super expensive because if it's complicated or I have to go and find and ask somebody to know where I could, where this thing is like, yeah. like, so when you have all of these systems and software, people are like, because of, Context switching looks like work. People think it's just how it is, but it's just super expensive. And that's where the experience of going all the way back to e-commerce UX, uh, leading a company, like all of that combined with just, you know, like there are so many great tools out there. So there's a lot of great inspiration for what we pull in. Like we just pull the best of the best mm -hmm. and put into a platform. And then we say, we label it. So if you want the most flexible product management software to build your process, work just not for you. but if you want software that's true and tested to like what the best practices within leadership and that's why i say leadership is i wouldn't say formula because that's very precise but there are some really clear patterns yeah. uh, like like then work is really great and that's why work is so far so so highly pre, um, praised by ordinary employees mm. because they are the ones that have to live with the whatever system their manager has built in notion or anywhere else and haven't documented or learned or something like that so so when they get into a system where it's built purposefully and makes sense and is like well organized and stuff like that like so that's really what we i, I try to draw a lot of the experience in the work to user experience we really try to draw a lot of my e-commerce user experience where in e-commerce you don't have time to educate people yeah. you lose them if, if you have five to seven seconds before they go somewhere else like so drawing on that experience i take the same mindset into work and i have five to seven seconds before people take a coffee break or go on facebook like uh, or, TikTok or, or, or before Instagram. they've made their mind that the, the tool is useless right because it, it, not the, only the, 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 the judgment still... about yeah but, but i'm not talking about evaluating my tool i'm talking about when people use these tools every day yeah, that, but, that, but, that, no, but my point yeah. my point is that in in the workplace, obviously, people are uh, they have to engage with the tool, right? Whereas mm. whereas a, in 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 commerce, people can choose to just move on and find something else. 
And but the point is, in in the workplace, what what I found at least is that people are very quick in a few seconds to decide whether or not they like the tool or not, and then that seems to affect their productivity with it. So if in the beginning they're just like, oh, I hate the tool, this is too complicated, then you'll find they will always struggle with it because if they've automatically decided that they're against it, whereas those that are like, oh, I love this tool, this is great, then then they seem to have a completely different relationship with that tool moving forward. You know. And leaders have, we have this, humans, but I would say human leaders have this mistake of every time something's go wrong, we make a new rule. Yeah. This is with government. Like I, we, I, I, layers I, of complexity I, 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 I judge yeah. that, like I, I've made a joke once and, uh, but I mean it a bit seriously that like, uh, and I'm nowhere in the government. I'm really glad I we live in Denmark and I love the Danish welfare state, but, but, but I was like, can you be accountable for the rules the government makes when they make so many rules that it's literally not possible to read all the pages? If you mm. just sit down and read as they get uh, voted voted on, like it's literally not possible for me as a citizen to just follow along with all the texts that has come into the laws. Mm. So like, can, can you be accountable to that? Like, so, so, so we have, humans have a tendency, every time something goes wrong, we make a rule. Every time something doesn't work in a system, we add a new field. Like, so over time, everything we build just becomes so bloated, people don't want to use it. And that's, again, one of the experiences to bring into work and say, yeah, we can have all this functionality, but how can we, if you fill out, fill out the minimum amount of needed information, it still works great. And then everything is just an add-on from there. Mm. Like, how does it naturally just layer upon so that you don't have, for example, have a lot of empty fields in a menu that just distracts you, but they only show up if you have populated them. The small choices and, and and i mean it really seriously that 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 the human what should we say our our attention is like so valuable to a company mm. that every time we can make something simpler it makes people more productive and it makes it easier to get things done so so yeah but it, but again that's i think that's the inter that's also just that's where we are at right now we are those finalizing stages from as i said before right now we are at invite only like you have to go through me to get access to the platform and yeah. and have a demo and that's because we're still there where i really want to make sure that i know everybody and we're talking with everybody so people are using it but it's very handhold uh, and I have meetings with uh, with uh, I have regular meetings with almost all the companies, and I still have like follow ups with with everybody that's using it based on mm. based on what we're But we're working. We're really close to getting to a point where with the software where it's so polished that I'm like now we open opened up. I hope to do this this October um, for for self sign up because that's where I believe software should be experienced. But um, yeah, but that, that's, that's, that's the last layer of polish. And 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 uh, are you uh, allowing people to join uh, work uh, or to to use WorkJoy from anywhere in the world? Or are you focusing purely on on Denmark? No, 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 for everywhere in the world. Everywhere. Okay. That's WorkJoy is purposefully built to be global from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, remote first. Uh, all these kind of things. I simply don't believe in building a company today that works on the internet. That's that that has any kind of attachment to any place in the world mm -hmm. i can also see the people that have, that have like that the little group of people we are so far is like super different backgrounds and countries yeah. and places and and i believe that should be baked in I, I would not dare to build a company that's not organized this way from the is it, is it um, sorry sorry go ahead 
just because I can see in clerk how hard it is, like we have an office in Copenhagen, then you have an office culture. And every time we talk about expanding into other countries, and we have expanded into a lot of other countries, but from Copenhagen, because that having multiple offices, uh, what do we do about the culture that doesn't, that, that, that lives in the office, that mm. like part of that, uh, which is also one of the goals we have worked on is actually make it much like make us remote I wouldn't say remote first because that's not necessarily the word we would use, but like uh, digital first. So uh, you do, don't have to be in the office, like uh, make it easier for us to also expand internationally. Mm-hmm. Like a distributed be more workforce. Flexible in that way. Yeah, 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 a flexible workforce, yeah. So, so is, it, is the software um, cloud-based or is it like like Slack? You have to download download the, the software um, into right a now it's, Right now it's only web. So it's only right. web uh only desktop mobile is also something we're coming up with because of course you need that but mm. but but Margaret's still hand holding uh it's uh it's uh it's it's only web yeah um, that's really interesting and and, and so I, I know a lot of people and myself included like are in a position or i'm going to be in a position very similar to you with with my company um uh in launching a, an open beta soon right yeah. and um the, the biggest question I always get asked is how do you get people to sign up to it, right? Um, so what, what kind of stuff were you doing um, activity-wise to, to get these companies on board, to get them to, like you said, go through you to, to create an account and, and get them get them signed up? Um, I mean, cold outreach. Right. Uh, not necessarily cold, but I think you, you can do a lot of, um, I think in the beginning, you have to be so targeted because you're still exploring things. Mm. Uh, and I, I think, um, but I think it's it's kind of easy. People also think, think it's super scary, but I'm like some years into clerk, I really learned how to sell in a good way where you are um, not feeling cringy. Like I yeah. think, uh, and, and the, the, my pattern, I, I really want to recommend this to any other founder or any other person that, that, that sits out there because I think it's super powerful and that's where most people fail is that the first step you need to do before reaching out to somebody is convincing yourself why you can help them like how can you help them mm. like and I did this with for example with the clerk where it was super easy to see him I can look on your website and see if our software can help you do better upsells here or I can find these things in your it could be something as simple as just searching for a main category in the search engine. And if it's said there are no products with this category, like I knew we could do it better. Or if mm. they didn't do it up sales or didn't do it well enough. But in the beginning, it was really just like not doing up sales or cross sales at all. Like, so I just like made this pattern, this playbook of like, I have five things to check for. If two or more are relevant, I reach out. And that's, like, because I know, and that, that also makes my reach out is not this bloated cold email to people. It's just like, hi, I was looking at your website and I saw that you didn't do these things that make really, really sounds like we we do this. I would love to show you how, like, do you have a, a thing to that? Like, so you're relevant and helpful from the beginning. And if people say, no, it's fine. If you've sold to yourself, of course, people can choose to not solve this problem right now. Mm-hmm. Fine. But but that kind of reach out where it's like super, you, you always come up with an ask, um, uh, like there are different ways of doing it. Uh, like we've done great with this company. Like I think we could like, I th- from our perspective, they are the sort of like, they're in the same industry as you. 
which you see like better if we can do this like something like that where you do a, like a bridge of we've done x can we help you with y and i do the same thing with work drives just like of course i have some network but in the beginning it was also super important for me to get true answers and you maybe don't get that from your network like so mm. clerk my own company was not involved in the early testing of work drive because i'm still the founder like yeah I, I don't truly trust the people will tell me. You, you might not get wrong. very even, honest. Even, feedback, even though yeah. people have really, and I'm really glad for this, have been really, really good at being honest with me. So mm. uh, when they found something that didn't work. So, 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 um, so, uh, but, but for me, uh, I've done the same work. I'm like, hey, I built this. Like, I experienced this pain. So, so it could be for me in work, it's reaching out to founders or people at in C level or, or people like, Head of HR, head of people and culture, like in mm. that kind of role, just like, hey, when I was at your size, I experienced this problem. Uh, I have solved the work drive. If that's something that's relevant to you, I'd like to show you how we do that. Like, mm. uh, and for pe most people, it's like worst case. It's just like you're super respectful. You have done your research. You have super high conversion rates on that. Like, I don't do many reach out. I think it's like fifty percent to a demo. Mm. Like, um uh some don't convert right away then they convert a few months later and come back and like but but that just little sowing the seed instead of just going blah 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 work joy is this thing that just i have i've looked at where you are i think your experiences think this problem i also have experienced like can i show you how we solve it worst case like for people it's okay then they get some inspiration like yeah this yeah. case uh they actually get a product that solve the problem and they might not have the pro 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 problem, but that, then it's not a problem because you just try to be helpful. Like, yeah, yeah. So, so I think that way of getting getting early early people in and, and just doing sales in general, I always like that. Like, uh, mm. um, so so for me, it's just on LinkedIn, like because it's relevant to WorkJoy. Like uh, I think in in in, um, in for example, in Clerk, I wouldn't use LinkedIn because many of the relevant detailers are not that active on LinkedIn. Uh, they are maybe they are basically running their own business like first yeah. as we started out with the smp e-commerce space so that would be googling their websites finding websites within a certain category and just using google and then uh, i even used uh, loom pretty early uh, or similar tools to just record a video of the website like mm. showing that you have actually done the research and I, I cannot stress this enough for anybody interested in sales or or founders looking out there showing that you have just put in like some effort when you reach out just the people's perception of you is just different from all the 99 percent of people that just throw something yeah. at them and it doesn't have like again if you use rhythms you just use the same thing again in clerk i had five things i looked for when i have found two i just start i didn't like if i could usually I look for all five because i could look for all five in less than 20 seconds mm. But, but you know, like if you can record a video and uh, and show what it is, like or just write in a few sentences, I'd be super respectful and and always like have that clear instinct for helping. Like, mm. So I think that that's a really good way to get early early customers. And in work here, it's a lot harder, like because it's top down, it's not bottom up. Right. It solves the whole collaboration of a company. So there are few people that are willing to hey yeah let me just roll this out across my 250 people organization like right uh, and that's so, what i was going to ask because if you're yeah. you know the biggest the biggest um difficulty with any b2b sale is is when you're trying to sell something that people already have yeah. right 
And in this instance, and because people want to think that what they've got works the majority yeah. of the time, or if they know it doesn't work, they're terrified of ripping it all up and starting again. So, yeah, I mean, what you're essentially doing is, is you're, you're proposing you're going to replace, you know, their entire, <laughs> their, to, in, to, to some degree, their entire infrastructure. And yeah. that's quite difficult to do, especially if it's, I mean, I assume that you're, are you mentioning like, you know, this is early access and all that sort of thing. I mean, that's going yeah. to, right, I'm full transparency. I'm clear on, 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 I want, I yeah. want their feedback. I, I want to solve that problem. Yeah. And I want to involve them early while it's still multiple. Like, that's also one, what I'm targeting. Yeah. Um, because that, uh, that's, that's an even extra layer of, like, of potential hesitation for people. It's like, okay, we can rip everything up that we're doing, implement this new thing, and it might not even work because it's a new company, right? It, so there's a lot of trepidation. You have to, I mean, I suppose in, in a lot of ways, it's really probably your background and your profile that adds a lot of validity to to you reaching out to them in some ways maybe right for some way yeah in some way of course it is but but i also think it's a, the approach that right that asking for help i'm not starting by asking them to throw all of their employees into this like right. that would be insane uh, uh i'm starting by having them as a domain expert look at the software like that's mm. step one like can you look can you spend 30 minutes giving me feedback on this like mm. helping me, like it might help you in the future. It might help you right now, but but my first ask is usually uh, for for feedback. Um, mm. You know, like then the next ask is like if it's interesting, then we can go in and say then then let's loop in a little team and play around with it, right. create a little insight group that's really confident with it, uh, and then you then you expand the circles from there. Mm. Um, but again, I think that's one of the things are most interesting in going into to yeah hopefully the big public launch here in October is how easy it's gonna be to to transfer people but I can see now that as moving things are not like it's a few hours work of time. Mm -hmm. But still, that that approach so might be might be useful still for larger organisations, where actually to just say, look, you know, when you integrate our platform, do it one team at a time, maybe, yeah. like you know, to 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 avoid a kind of a cascade, maybe. But it's, a, but it's a fundamental. It's my biggest concern about the business is that it's top down, and I maybe I might prefer bottom up. Like Clerk was more bottom up. Like it doesn't have to be. Sometimes this is an own board making the decisions because it might be like expensive it's also a bigger platform and blah 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 but you could start with just a corner use mm. that it could be one person decision like uh so 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 i think that's my biggest what i'm most uh, intrigued about solving with worker is that it's kind of all or nothing but then again like it's the same challenge salesforce has it's the same challenge hubspot has mm. like sales uh, crms are all or nothing you know like uh, there's an emotional element. system uh, yeah but so um yeah yeah there is an em emotional element to this though as well right which is that you what, what i've found um doing change management and consultancy work especially is when you're going into a larger organization and you're making suggestions to change 
systems or processes, that there is someone usually behind a system or a process that's embedded in yeah. the company that someone has an emotional attachment to because they were responsible for it, for implementing it. Yeah. And so that that's potentially another challenge there for you, which is that, you know, yes, there's there's the the, the sort of logistical challenges of it, but actually mm -hmm. people might get in the way of it because of they're, they're, they're invested emotionally in having implemented something and, and they're quite passionate. They might have spent a lot of time and resources in doing it. They might even be the the sort of the the uh, the the evangelist for it in their company you know like you you get that so so to say oh well we're going to remove that could be potentially you know hurt their ego but you see a lot of and again what i experienced with the product management side was that that a lot of the leaders loved the systems they have built yeah like they might be frustrated that people never follow them hmm. but, but they're they married to the system yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so it's sometimes as you say in the example you gave earlier, it's hard to make leaders see that their problems are maybe caused by themselves. Like, right. and that's why I'm so focused on the interesting fact that, and the interesting problem that the people who are most happy about work during are the ordinary employees. Mm. Of course, that was my focus, but but it's not the one buying the software. So that's my like, how do I? Okay, it's a luxury problem to have, I think, like mm. that okay, it works and we can create something that's better than most managers can create uh, because of the background and like, okay, if you implement a system, you don't spend two years grinding down the details. Yeah. Like on getting that absolutely pitch perfect. Uh, and you might use your own ideas without maybe validating that not only working with your current team, but also with the team you're going to have in a year or two. Like, mm. so, so, so you're absolutely right that that's all the interesting challenges we have right now. And that's why I'm so focused on we're never going to beat an Asana or a, or a Slack one-on-one. -on -one. Mm. You have companies such as Freds.com that go directly up against Slack with some different models or Twist.com. And, and I really applaud those companies also because I think they are on the right path compared to some of the problems that Slack have. Uh, and we are doing sort of the same patterns, but but that's a completely different thing. But one-on-one, -on -one, I'm not that arrogant that I think I can build something that's so brilliant that it's going to be like worth just changing a one-on-one -on -one system. Like mm -hmm. the point is that you have this gravity of all these systems in one place. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, we get the product management and it works really, really well. And you have goal settings in there, which you maybe didn't have before, or we have good meeting notes and it works like, and it's easy for employees to use, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's fine. But then because we have that in that system and we also have, yeah, again, our courses. So when we, for example, in Clerk, we do a lot of videos at the moment on simply documenting every single feature we have. So an easy way to train both new and existing people, whenever a new video comes out, it's just throwing it into the to the LMS. Then mm. you know that everybody, and you just put, throw in three multiple choice questions, like just to make sure that people have seen the content and kind of know. So when customers have seen that video and called into support, like support is not caught with their pants down. It, just that little thing, and it's just right there, it's a little blip in the corner, like, it's not another place you have to go. Like that's mm. the value in, in, in work. And I can see that's that's why I'm so focused on there needs to be enough gravity, as I call it. Like there's enough things drawing the employees into that system. That's why mm. we need the HRS. I'm not super enthusiastic about HRIS systems, 
but it would be stupid not to have it and, and like uh, and i'm not i'm not so i'm actually pretty interested about recruiting like ACSs and uh, recruiting platforms because i think there's a lot of things that could be done smarter there so that's mm -hmm. some that's something really interested in but but the whole thing here in workshop is to create this 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 gravity there um, mm -hmm. so yeah and one-on-one -on -one you're so that's how i can see we come around the managers that okay you might not be able to build like that process you have built that people don't follow anyway because they don't fill out all of your fields like no you don't won't get that with work drive because it's not documented to be a good way of leading um mm. but but what you get instead is that your team is much more up to date because the lms is literally two centimeters away on their screen from the product management system like mm. so so you get a team that's much easier to train and then get up and running yeah. So, so that's um, yeah, that's uh, I think that's my, but that's the interesting phase we go into. I'm really excited about closing down like step one, where we can go to this more public launch where people just can sign up, and I can go mm -hmm. full on on sales and marketing, which I, even though I'm a technical founder, I I really love and really look forward to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and I guess to some degree that that what you mentioned there about the employees' feedback and the way that they interact with the platform would be a, a really interesting set of data to provide to people as you're reaching out to them, right? It's it's like, well, you know, unsure about whether or not to use our platform, well, this is what the employees have to say, because ultimately that's what matters, right? Like you just pointed out. And if it's something like that compared to, you know, traditional LMS or, you know, project management tools and so on, and you can, you can put that side by side, then maybe that can help people sort of get divorced from what they're, you know, what they've put in place already. If, it, if it's clear, it's just like, well, employees prefer this. You know? That's why I love that quote. Like I'm really falling in love with it. And I just got it randomly on a on a DM in WordPress yeah. because of course I use WordPress to onboard WordPress. Um, so, uh, so, um, so uh, that, that quote about, fuck, I wish I just had, sorry about cursing. Uh, I wish I had WordPress when I started here because of those 22 tabs uh, yeah, yeah, close yeah. for two months like that quote just frames so much of the narrative around like and i can see it resonate with a lot of leaders because deep yeah. down they know like a lot of their problems come from that problem that people don't as you say like with your uh, restaurant example like you don't go back and put yeah. things where they should be and follow the processes and uh, so you have to find a compromise yeah exactly yeah yeah, I like what you said about your approach with sales as well, and the fact that you're excited about that because of that. I don't hear that enough from technical co-founders. But um, yeah, what you were saying about the way you approach it is really interesting because I think you know a, a lot of people I speak to are stuck between with with how to do personalized outreach, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of information out there which seems to make it out to be something completely that it isn't. And and what you've described to me is true personal outreach personalized outreach like even using something like loom and video and i talk about that a lot with people and and you know just showing a you know a quick 30 second video like one minute video just to show like you said that you've just got mm. you know you've, you've made the minimal amount of effort just to just to to, to 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 look at their profile or look at their website or something like that and and i really like the fact that you've identified very clearly that it's just about essentially starting a relationship right it's not really you know you're not really selling it's it's not hey here's my product this is everything that it does and overwhelming people it's just i've got this hypothesis i have a feeling that you based on your profile who you are whatever would be a great person to speak to about this fancy it's about, fancy a check. It's, it's about helping us exactly and that's how yeah. i see it give give I, give right before yeah. you before you take 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 yeah 
I interrupt you. No, I'm also like I build a comp I build companies too. Mm. Like help others. That's what I think is fun. Like that's uh, that's what gives me excitement. So I, I just channel that into sales. And how can like and so interrupting others, taking other people's time and attention, like sneaking into the inbox. That's I have no problems with it when it's helpful. Mm. And it's an ask, and it's because you have actually sit down, and, and it works brilliantly. And I know that it's the same way around. Like every time you can you can just look at a piece of text without reading a single word, and know if this is a like sales boilerplate. Like your brain just knows instantly. You don't need yeah, to yeah. read it, or if it's a person that's actually writing writing to you. And I love the people that reach out to me and actually mm. try to help. I have this product. Uh, sometimes we end up buying them. Sometimes we don't. Like, but but I always like. Of course, I'm gonna like you. Actually, hitting yeah, you're hitting a point. We have this problem. Let's see if your product is is the one that's that's yeah. helping us. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, but like you said, attention is the biggest uh, uh, is the main currency of the day, right? So yeah, if you've got a thousand, I mean, if you're anything like me, you probably worse for you. I get a ridiculous amount of DMs um, constantly asking me for this and ever or uh, or emails or whatever else. You've got you've got to stand out. Like, you know, mm -hmm. and sometimes actually stripping things down and just keeping it simple is the best way to do that. Ensure personality comes across a little bit, for fuck's sake, you know, like connect with someone on a bit of a human level. Because like, like Never. you said, it's just copy-paste, copy-paste. Like, that doesn't help anyone. There's nothing more efficient than not using a template. Like, if you yeah. use a structure, like, if you, but handwriting everything, I've seen so many people that then they just try to bulk email a thousand people yeah. and yeah. get zero responses back and that's just a thousand leads that have gotten a bad impression mm. from you and like like just showing that little bit of effort and it's not a lot but it's just much much more efficient yeah yeah exactly you you, you say you said there exactly what i always say which is yes okay you can you can be more efficient because you can email a thousand people in one go but like you just pointed out you're also burning nine nine hundred and ninety nine leads just to get one and mm. that that reputational damage you can't recover from easily, like because you'll just be associated with being a spammer, and and vice versa, like yeah. going into uh, to, uh, to and I've had people when I reached out, they was just like, "I'm oh, you just gonna send me this thing?" So, no, I'm actually not. I'm mm. I'm super genuine about that. Right now, I'm just asking for feedback. And I was I remember one founder I wrote to was just like, I was like, if I wanted to sell, I'd gone to this person in, in your organization because that would have been a better path for selling. Like I'm asking you because you are the founder to give me feedback. I would have gone in through the head of uh, people in culture. Like I think yeah, that, yeah, that would yeah. have been better way to go into sales and more relevant to start building there and then go up to the CEO, even though people say stuff and stuff back. But 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 I want you because I know that a part of the pain work joy solves is also just this founder burnout or leader burnout where you simply don't have the operating principles in place to to keep up with what your company or department has gone through. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a smart way of approaching it. I think there's a, there's some valuable advice and tips in there for people. So, um, so uh, end end of October, you say is when you're hoping to sort of more more have an open public, you know, self sign now, up. For yeah. Now I know exactly the feature set we want to launch publicly with, and I know, uh, and I know like sort of the amount of polish we want to do. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's about a month's work, but you never know with polish work. Like, yeah. And I have the well, flexibility. Any, any dev work, you never know. <laughs> you never know with any dev work, but especially the polish can be 
I think it's sometimes the hardest thing is like, I know I need to make this headline look better. Mm. But if you don't know, one thing is I can even know, I know a little bit of system that logically can do these steps. That's easier mm. to do than what is better. And then you go back and forth and suddenly you find, I think that just, that's it. Like, um, so I think, um, I hope within this month that we, uh, that we launch publicly and also want to do it proper with, um, yeah. But I'm really looking, I, I'm tired of, tired of building, but I want to get back into get more people using the product. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so more marketing, yeah. talking about the problems and and it's something I'm super passionate about. So I'm really like, yeah, right now I'm just really looking forward to getting this last batch of, of uh, things done. Um, do you, should you charge, do you think, um, early users? And do you charge your early users? Um, so the way I've Build. I hate time-based trials mm. because that might not work with how you actually evaluate a piece of software and say I want to evaluate all the pieces of software before this date. So, so the way I've implemented in WorkJoy is that you basically you basically get uh, a, a limit on how much stuff you can put in there. You get a thousand right. items. You can put a thousand items, and an item is just a task or a comment or a a course or a, I don't care. Like it's not because we find great. We count to a thousand and then you have to sign up because after a thousand items, you should have been able to evaluate it. And if you add 50 people to evaluate it, like it's fine. Like if you, so so I think I've, I've found that way of, of working uh, works really well. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna do Maybe I want a free chief. I don't think I want a free chief work because you know, like either you have the problem or not, and mm -hmm. are we going to convert enough of the smaller customers up when it when the problems are really solved? Blah 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 blah. And if you're small and solving this problem, this is still worth it. Um, so so, but all of these things are flexible. Like I think for me, I've been really over fixing. Like if you're just grandfathering old customers in, in terms of pricing and terms, you can just change things. You can yeah. just change things. Like, and I think setting that up from the beginning in a way where you set your uh, uh, credit card processing and, and subscription handling and better, if you set it up in a way where you know you can just change your mind and you can live with, like, don't not, people can just run on these old subscription, it's fine. Like, um, mm -hmm. Then, uh, then you can just go in and experiment a lot with that. So, so I'm really like, we much. I've just, I actually just changed the pricing model now that we're nearing launch. Before it was more on a per module basis, but I decided I want them so tightly coupled that even though you can chuckle them on and off, you're just going to pay one price as an early customer. Like I think it's, and and I actually love our pricing side right now. Uh, I think it's one of the best pricing sites I've I've ever done because you just have two columns of uh, like. On one side, yeah, you have our price, which is uh, uh, like $19 monthly. You get two months for free if you get a year, like super simple. Uh, and then you get, get, just get all the features. And that's like per seat more expensive than the other software, like because that's mostly like $8 or $15. It's still cheaper than Asana with goals because that's $30 or something like that. It's crazy. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, but I'm looking at it now, have, it's really smartly yeah. laid out. And you have this one stack of all the software tools, and I think it's actually the page on our website that right now best describes the value of the product. 
So I actually mm. really enjoyed building that price page because you really see that not only do you get like positioning on price, but you also get a positioning on value and then and what we're doing. And you don't have to have this complicated stack on one side and and others on others on the yeah, other side. Yeah. But but for the people that are using in some it ways, now, this, this this pricing page could be your home page. <laughs> I think it's better than the front page. Like uh, for, yeah. for, for right now, it's 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 better. And, but pricing page here yeah, usually better. Like uh, yeah. they usually. Um, um, uh, well, they're most informative, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So you should buy it. pricing pages are not for the price. It's for positioning your value. Like it's for yeah, all of those yeah. other things. So and it's short. I normally love long, love to do really really long pricing pages as well. So uh, so that's coming a lot of that's a lot of more things coming. No, but 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 I think I, we just changed it because it was too complicated. I was one of my values in work is that it's simple. Then the price also needs to be simple. Like mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, the, the software, you had to implement all of these things in terms of like the user experience. It was actually getting away of using, like our whole menu structure was redefined because we simplified our pricing structure. Then we could make the menu much simpler for place. Like all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, um, so, but get back to like, should early customers, if the product is not, not ready to deliver the value, which, some parts of work it's been in this early phase but for some parts like it's not i haven't charged anything i love to charge i don't believe people until they pay me because right. it's so easy to say that it's, uh, they have to use it and then they have to pay for it like that's when yeah. you know you have created something that's my still my big like concern about work i'm not concerned but um but you know like I still don't trust anybody that uses it at the moment until they have to pay for it. Right. Um, but it's also super easy because it's like, hey, would you pay this for it? No. Okay, why? Like, like it's the easiest way to get into the features and things that actually matter. Yeah. So yeah. I always love putting pricing up front. I always love using that as a barrier. Like, um, it's not like you have to pay to get to use it, but get to use it and tell me what I need to do to get you to pay this price for it. Like, I think mm. it's... Is, yeah. um, or if you were to pay for this right now, how much would you pay? Right? Yeah. That's always an interesting question too. A friendly reminder to share this episode with your network, subscribe for more and join the conversation in the comments. It really helps us out. Thank you. I think, but I think that's harder. Uh, also because then you can kind of get sucked into, I just love to sit down and say what price makes sense for me with the sales I want to do, like with right. the, with, with the, your own mathematics, essentially. With your own math, like what price makes sense for me and for the value I think I can bring, and then it's mm-hmm. about getting people to go up to that level. So, right. What will make it? Um, so for work, right, we we need to be more expensive than one of the tools because we build more, we maintain more. Like, but we are not more expensive than two of the eight tools. So, right. uh, so, so you can see, as long as you use three tools, you will still save money. And mm. switch into WorkDry, even though you get more value. Like if you're using eight tools, you yeah. So so you have that, and I think that's really about making sure you can run a business you want, and then get the value of your product up to that level. Mm. I will want to do like yeah, I want to do like we need to sell to bigger customers. We need bigger deal sizes. We want to do sales outreach. Okay, we need a, a a price that that reflects that. Would um would I be able to use this tool with my founder clients? Do you reckon? Would it work as a consultant? Yeah. yeah. In a, yeah. Oh, as a, as a cons- oh, how would you think about it? Depends on in, in your own company or in, a, in, a, in across different founders. Across different founders. 
Uh, would it work, would it work in sort of managing them as a as a you know as clients and 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 managing the different projects that we have going on or is it not really sort of would it not really work in that capacity depends on the details so the way i've built it is that you can have like be in multiple companies because i'm naturally in multiple companies but you you you, you switch like you you fully switch from one company to another to, to keep that focus yeah, yeah. um uh, so, so that's one way of setting it up also because I know some of the people I've in as early early for early feedback is also investors. So for a lot of them it also makes sense to actually follow not everything mm. in the company, but like the strategic level things and collaborate with that. But no, it's not built for maybe, but maybe not. So it's built for the use case <laughs> of having a company of and that's what I mean with by being opinionated. It depends on, on how it works. But yeah. But but uh but uh, there might be software that's better for like client work, like yeah. for project management things, because that's not the focus. The focus is if you have a group of people uh, yeah. working together, that that all of that alignment works really, really well. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. So that's why I keep coming back to that. It's opinionated because I believe that that the strength of work there is that somebody dares to be opinionated about good leadership. Like mm. that's the value in the software. Is an easy employee experience across all of these things. Like, because um, if you just go back to the project management thing, I mean, you try to build good project management tools, but Asana's not doubling down on employee experience. Mm-hmm. Like, and 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 Monday is not, and Notion is not, and ClickUp is not, and whatever you have out there for all these tools that people use. Like, mm-hmm. so so that's what I what, what and that's also the people I want to attract. Uh, I've been really thinking about like how broad should you go, how opinionated should you be, but, but also like, and that's where you say like, I want to build this thing because I believe the world is, would be a better place if it existed. Because mm. the companies that have this internal friction, which is almost all companies, really need this and need mm. this set of tools, and they don't utilize this the, the possibilities enough. And I could see I didn't when I was CEO. So, um, so that's, I, that's. I remember when we when we first started talking, we, you were talking a lot about the educational side of um, of WorkJoy, and you know, you, yeah. there was there were some concerns. You know, would it be too much, right? Because yeah. of, because the platform is opinionated, it, would it be too much to try and find those individuals, or you know, too much for them to wrap their head around? What's your stance on that now? Because it sounds to me a little bit like maybe you've come to the conclusion that well it's okay because those people already exist and now it's just the case of finding them and and saying right there's an alignment as opposed to trying to get people to come round to that way of 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 being leaders is that would that be a fair assessment of how you've come around to it yeah there's definitely a market that that want like if you go in on work dry i've it's super ugly right now but 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 I'm, i've written this section about calm leadership and it's not mm. It's a draft. It's going to be a book at some point. I think. I actually think it's oh, going yeah, to be. Yeah. Saying, yeah. It's going to be a small handbook for leaders that want to lead more calmly. Like that's that's where it's heading. Like uh, right. that's also going to take some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so um, so so I want to find people that believe in that. If you don't believe in that, mm-hmm. like if you believe in, in, in fundamentally different things, you're never going to enjoy what 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 I built. But I believe that. People that believe in that are fundamentally underserved, uh, 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 and have no tools and nothing that helps them besides mm-hmm. themselves and the, what they can create in a small sphere around them as leaders. 
so uh, so uh, so 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 there are two points to what you said. I think it's both. Uh, yeah, I want to find my the group of people that belong that 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 believe in this, and I can see more and more people believe in this. Like it's 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 like it's some of the tailwind you can get as an entrepreneur. Like it's trend going in that direction. That that as as the, the working generations get smaller and smaller, like employees get more and more picky. Like, of course you want that. So, so, so there's there's some tailwinds there. So, so both from a personal side and from a business side, I believe that's the right place to be. And then also mm-hmm. I can just see from, as you say, in an, an, an feature side, um, uh, I'm I'm less concerned now that people have used the software because I've also seen a lot of people. Like I, I don't have, I can see I don't have to educate people that much because it comes more and more like naturally to them. And right. again, because no matter what systems you build in all of these different project management tools, like they are literally flavors of the same dish. Mm-hmm. Like, so even though you think this is it, this is the way it's gonna work, now it's gonna be easy to, to align across my team and then you have added a field to something. Or like, like, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, so uh, so um, so uh, so again, it's, it's it's flavors of the same thing. So it's all the. I, I talk with one other person about where it's like most concerned about how can you build, but that's the classic platform versus specialists. Mm-hmm. There's so much more value in like the problem with all the specialist things. Yeah, there might be one thing that one piece of software is doing better for one person. The problem is, because you have a big group of people, those edge cases even out like mm. if you hire 100 people you're going to have a lot of different people that means the only thing that value to that group are the average like the average features it's not going to be the special detail feature it might be super nice for five people but yeah. then it might doesn't matter to 95 and so for the group of people having all the core functionality in one place is much better value add than one specific thing here and like five per people having one feature here and two people having one feature on another system. And then you have hundred people that have to context switch. Mm. So, so I'm, uh, yeah, as so I said, since we talked la- last time, more people have had work right between their hands. I've seen more people, I've gotten more feedback from the real people that's going to use it every day. So that makes me more calm about this. That yes, mm. one part of it is finding the leaders that believe in the same thing I do, because nobody is there to really serve them until now. Yeah. Um, and I believe that group, from just from a business perspective, is going to be bigger and bigger with the trends that are like. It's, it's not like we, we just in the world we are in right now, where the the that everybody tries to raise interest rates and are and are frustrated that unemployment doesn't go down. And I'm like, of course it doesn't. Like, have you seen the demographics? You can't mm. do that anymore. Like, you will never have. And I'm not just going to say never, but that's a big change. You're not going to have youth unemployment or anything again because they're yeah, just because of the demographics. So that just means that there is this pressure on making work more and more attractive. And and if if you go, even if you are not remote. You're competing for talent with remote companies and people. So all these things are gonna matter. All the things that I I believe in and have written about in in, in calm leadership, like they're gonna matter more and more and more in the future. Mm, it's it's yeah. just a stance I believe in. So that's from this perspective. And then just seeing that none of all these different pieces of software is that unique. 
And you're right. There, there's a lot of factors at play, and and I think one of them is this 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 remote or hybrid or distributed workforce culture that's that's pushing yeah. things forward, which 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 I think is affecting the way that um, that leadership uh, has to function. And and so this this framework, if if you will, that you've created, I think is it, I think it's always been known to be instinctive. Like there are parts of it I think that are instinctive, but there are some maybe that aren't so instinctive for certain leaders. But all of it is becoming, I think, a lot more applicable across the board because, like you say, the, the shifting of the way that um, the companies are, are structured. And so, yeah, it has to be because, like you said, there's, there's. I think the biggest thing is this context switching side of things, because so many people are being asked to do so much more uh, across, you know, different different areas of specialty, and their accountability for it um, is shifting as well. It's shifting from. You know, a manager walking around, a, you know, a table full of people to people at home having to motivate themselves to get work done. And so there's an element of of leadership, which I think is it has to change in order to inspire people a lot more than micromanage people, which is not a bad shift, I don't think. But there's there's no, no, a psycho psychological change in the way that we work now. But I also think that people have also got an eyes off to how productive you can actually be. And I've had lots of discussion yeah, yeah. with managers about this because that, that I, had a, I had a conversation with a manager the other day that was really, really in office. You do more work in office. And I was just, yeah, if I look at a week I have when I'm at an office and work I have, week I have at home, if I have to labor every hour, many of my hours at home are gonna be labeled on something that's not work. Then I take a walk to clear my brain or yeah. I play some PlayStation after uh, after a lunch for half an hour or something like that, that's clearly not work. Like it's really, really clearly not work. But what do you do at the office? You have, you sit in meetings where you don't contribute and you have another meeting after that. Mm -hmm. uh, then you have a lot of Slack channels that are filled with stuff you need to read up on. So maybe there's something important in there. Uh, and then you have uh, the coffee breaks and where you just talk to your colleagues and blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of things in an office that looks like work, which really isn't contributing to anything. Yeah, and absolutely. I think the different the different shift is going to be, and I truly believe this is the leader. If you don't know what people need to output to perform, and if they are outputting, if you can only count butts and seats for X hours a day, like you you cannot lead. You cannot know what they, like if you don't know if, if a person has been productive or not, then it's then then you can't lead them. Like how could you? Uh, and, you, um, and you absolutely and then, can't scale an organization without understanding that either. Or at least you die, because then yeah. you have another organization that knows which of their people. Like they might like like if you pump butts and seats, and somebody else knows who's really making impact and who's not, mm -hmm. uh, they outcompete you. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Or even if it's not company to company, leader to leader, they get a promotion. You don't, because they could create better results, and mm -hmm. that's one of the things Worker really facilitates is making it easier to see who's getting actual work done. Like because if it becomes more transparent to leaders what is actually going on and the task you delegate, and there's a lot of like because it's easier and just see that because it's easier to just write down the tasks and the work. Like I have, we have a rule in Worker: if it's not written down, it's not work. Mm. Like like a simple rule: you cannot delegate verbally. Right. Uh, because, because if any confusion comes up, you, you need to be able to go in and look at what your work is. What are your commitments? What are your promises? Like that cannot be vague. Uh, is it, that's is one it of because the things more. Is it because you, 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 there's a sense of accountability that you like in that as well? Or is it really just more for, for those other things that you mentioned? It's because it always goes wrong. 
because right. then I remembered something and then you remembered something else or I forgot or you forgot and I forgot I made the promise like that's like most of the time work to save my butt is because I've promised something to another person they wrote it down or I wrote it down and then I come back later and say, oh, I have to, I have I remember I had written like promised to get this thing done or yeah, write, yeah. like if, help with this thing or write this thing or blah 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 whatever it is like so so that's why we have the rule if it's not written down it's not work and that's just because that means we're forced to write down how we work not our processes and like click this button click this button like but like how do we work how do we approach sales how do we deal with customer like uh, success how do we how do we uh, build products like uh, uh, like we are a small team i've already written out the handbook on the formula of how we are like because i know how to scale at least 250 like that handbook of how we're going to organize in teams and how we're thinking is, is is already written in there like so so and that just means that people that come in they can just freaking sit down and read it and then they yeah. know where we are then if i have to clarify things i can go back and do my writing better i actually think it's it's one of the topics i cover in clear leadership com leadership is really how important writing is i discovered yeah. it way yeah. too late many of my heroes in terms of other founders talked about how important writing was and i just thought i'm not a writing person but what I realized was when I learned it is I was just not a clear thinker because the little trick that writing does, and it's it's a super simple thing. When you talk, when I talk to you, like I don't have a clear perception of what I'm saying because I, I hear it when the words come out of my mouth, but I and at the same time, I have the thoughts in my head. So if I hear this into you back afterwards, I can clearly hear that it's not as coherent as the thoughts in my head like, mm -hmm. because you're trying to, you're reducing something really complex in your brain, like emotions and feelings and ideas down into words. And you do that real time. But in writing, like so, so, and you do know that from sales pitches as well. You can do mm -hmm. sales and sales pitches. It's not the last one that's the best. It might be the third one that was the best. Like mm -hmm. it goes up and down. But in writing, it always gets better. So if I write something down, like how we're going to do something or how we are going to approach something, that writing will always be the best version because I only edit it when I, when I upgrade it. Yeah. Like so, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things about um, writing and delegation, and that's also again key to unlocking remote work and and, uh, and mm. documentation, documenting things, iterating it. Yeah, no, I agree. I I, I I'm on record as saying that I think communication in general is is like the most important skill set, but written and verbal, and I think written is massively underrated as a, as a skill set. And, and some of the things that I, um, I suggest some um, founders to do early on, especially if they want to get more commercially minded. So, so people yeah. who haven't got the commercial experience in sales or marketing yeah. is to, to do some writing exercises and some public speaking exercises. I think they're both very useful. Every founder should blog about what that company does. Mm. Like, like it's the biggest mistake I did in the beginning with Clerk. Like both, it gives you, yeah, it gives you great content for SEO later yeah, on, yeah. but it also gives you a great, a lot of things for other people in your company to learn from and share with customers mm -hmm. and stuff. Like one of the big, like Clerk had, if I just started blogging from the beginning, like two weeks would be my lower bar for how much bigger the company would be. Just for mm -hmm. me writing my thoughts down from the beginning. Um, I, I give solo founders a piece of advice. I'd be curious to know what you think on this, but I, I quite often tell solo founders to um, create basically a bit of a journal or a diary. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't have to be like 
full paragraphs, you know, or, or big, you know, big chapters or anything, but just anything that's happened throughout the day, any thoughts that they're having, maybe maybe a new process they've created or something they worked on on their product, whatever it is, jot it down. And I say, you know, do this in one document because that can act as the foundation for all the things you've just said. It could it could be a great blog idea, and it's like, oh, take that, turn it into a blog. It could be the the V one of their sales playbook. It could be, you know what I mean, like their company handbook. The beginning of that, like all of it's in there if you just get your thoughts down on paper. That's a great advice. I also say every time you build a feature, especially for technical founders, write mm -hmm. a handful of blog posts about like why you build that feature, right? Like the problems it solves. Like it, it, yeah, yeah. it comes natural. If exactly. you look at WorkJoy's blog right now, it's only like it's we have been doubled down on product, but you can actually see some traces of some articles I have just published, and they have like we haven't an, announced the product, but when I got good insights on the product, I just wrote like, and I can some of it is finished and put on the blog just to be there, like, mm -hmm. um, and a lot of a lot more are just still half finished in my little notebook right. app. Like, um, it's a great way to do it, and then you can go back to that when you need to, you know, go into full commercial mode, and you can go through all that and think and remind yourself all the conversations you had. And you're like, what are the key value propositions we need to put on the website? Okay, yeah. well, let's look at all the things I've wrote over the last six to eight months or whatever. That's yeah. the key one. That was it. This one keeps coming up. You know, mm. it's all super useful, and I think way more useful than say like having a transcript of an entire conversation with a user. You know, it's mm. like, you know, you're not going to go back and read a, a full transcript. But if you just highlight the key things that stood out or why yeah. you built that feature, like you said, it's it's super useful. Really, really useful. And I, and I think I actually had a discussion the other day about like being written versus verbal. But somebody mm. could, so, I think the person I talked to saw me really taking a stance as being um, everything should be written. I was like, no. Like, I'm just arguing that instead of we might, today in a normal working environment, we might be like, and I still consider a lot of the chat things like verbal, not written. Like, so, so yeah. of course we communicate a lot on, on chat oh. and we do it like, so we write a lot of things, but like real written work, like things you have written down, taking a step back from going back to, like mm -hmm. reading that. Leaders should be doing that all the time. That's the only way to, to clearly communicate to your team, like, what what works like uh, and if you feel find it difficult that's because your your brain knows that the words on that page doesn't reflect the thoughts you have in your head and that's a sign to you that it's not let, yet ready for your team go back yeah. and iterate but but my point was when i was talking to this leader which like, I'm, I'm, like he thought or maybe i was like we couldn't talk to each other because everything has been written i said like, no, no i'm just arguing that instead of going from being one or two percent written and 98 percent verbal that we maybe go to 20 percent written 80% verbal, because of course right. people need to talk, of course we need, but the written is really good at coming in as this foundation. So mm -hmm. like, again, with if you look at how you use an LMS well, like many people are hesitant because in-person training is better. Well, no, in-person training is really, really good at building upon the foundation. So you mm -hmm. build the foundation with this written work, so you're sure everybody learns the same thing. And we have done the mistake in work in, in clerk putting our evangelists into training people and the results were just worse than if they had done like written stuff. And then, mm -hmm. then we used evangelists to like Q and A on top of that or go deep dive on top of that. Yeah. So, so you need a lot of verbal, like people are so social animals, but, but we just need to go from that one, 2% of well-written things we use to maybe 20%.
yeah yeah well look, i've only just realized the time um that's <laughs> flown by <laughs> um look, normally at the end what i i like to do um is ask uh my guests first sort of like some tips that they would give mm. to entrepreneurs and founders listening but the the, the thing is with we're speaking to you and, and work joy as a whole it, that the whole conversation has really kind of been that to a degree right i feel like so i want to ask just a, a question that was been rattling around in my head for a little while um, and then i'll let you go because i know you've got a lot to do um which is um this idea of, of of software becoming more and more homogenized like we talked about right at the beginning this idea that you know, like you like you pointed out you know one, uh, uh, something that's standalone software now will become a feature in in software at some point later on where do you see the eventual endpoint of that being? Because now with the sort of rise of AI and things like that, I don't think it's going to be long before we see AI built into operating systems and you know even things like Windows or or you know iOS and things like all of these these operating systems now are are just bringing in more and more tools, um, mm. uh, just part of the thing. So wh where do you see it all going? Like, is everything going to be completely homogenized and going to lose personality and and, and individual individuality or were you quite hopeful? Um, hopeful is, uh, I, I fundamentally believe at some point we'll build a general AI that will kill us all. So I'm not hopeful in that way. Oh, really? You actually uh, believe that? I don't believe it would do it on purpose. I believe that just as we can justify, we need the resources more than a worm. Like, if you just look at the right. intelligence gap between us and chimpanzees and how small that is if you have the same degree along that vector for an ai which would be a small step for an ai whereas that's generally intelligent like so so the, i think it's just going to make the same assumptions we do like i can use the resources better so i'm going to take the sunlight or water or like right so so uh, but the I thing is though uh, human beings though like just sorry just to throw in there because i'm yeah. curious about this one but just Human beings, are, while we we understand the, the or we we consider a worm or an ant to be insignificant because of the, the the intelligence gap, we would I don't think ever be able to justify to ourselves the annihilation of all worms, right, or all ants because we understand their importance in context, um, and we, we annihilate species every day. So, yeah, so but I not hope not, I'm, not, I hope not from an intentional not from an intentional sure. perspective of like i want we want to collaboratively yeah. kill all of this species right it's it's it's, it's accidental so is that I what you mean maybe in, i i don't believe in terminator i maybe more believe in that some humans might live in a zoo like uh right okay uh, so so i don't believe it's gonna be i still think it's just gonna be like okay do i want this animal to live a good life or do i want my kid to live a good life like that choice is, right, is where right. it's going to be the selfish choice that is eventually gonna if we are not the top dog then yeah so, so we so, might be, uh, be pets so yeah we're, we're gonna be surprised <laughs> but i hope i'm wrong like i hope I'm wrong. I think we are long long away from from uh, at general uh, intelligence uh it's much more complicated thing but we're really really close no but let's get back to this let's get back to the lm <laughs> let's come out and yeah and, otherwise we'd need the whole other general and, session and, for that yeah <laughs> so so um uh i wish i'd uh, ask you this question sooner now because i really want to delve into that but we'll talk about it another time <laughs> um, and, uh, i don't know but i will quickly take this one because things that both a lot of tools coming that means you can be more much more productive now than you were earlier in just building software. Like that's mm -hmm. always been a trend. So you can build more things together. I think that trend is just coming. But I think it's also like the, the differentiation when everybody can build something is 
What stance do you take? What are you opinionated about? And then you're going to find your tribe that way. Like you can, there's like, uh, I love some software, like, what is it like? Plausible analytics or was it Phantom or Fathom analytics or something like that. But, but like you, you have software that, that is paid that's competing with Google analytics and it has fewer features or one of the features is that it's simpler. Right. And like, so, 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 so I think like, it's just not an amount of features it's the stage you take. It's the, how you, you build it and put it together. And that's like, the, it's the opinion you choose to put into the software. That's mm -hmm. going to be what people choose. And you can see the bar for software, just the 10 years, 15 years I've been building software. It's just higher and higher and higher. So you have to build something of really great quality, but so the differentiators and people build more and more quality. So the differentiators is just staying. What do you value? And then you put that into your software and then people evaluate the same thing. We'll, we'll get something that fits them. But for the AI thing, I think it's going to be super interesting because it's another, I think it's going to change how we use user interfaces that why would I navigate into, sometimes it's easier to navigate a menu than writing, but something I've learned using LLMs is also that, yeah, one problem is the LLM not being smart enough. Another problem is me being able to express myself clearly enough through words. Mm. Like even though you can use LLMs to generate code, sometimes I cannot use the English language precise enough to generate the code I want. Like it's much easier for me, me to use Python or JavaScript as a way yeah. of communicating with a machine like so so you actually also notice that we humans again we're not that good at being like we have clear pictures in our head reducing it down to language really really hard but mm -hmm. i think it's gonna transform user interfaces in a way where it's gonna be much more component based so instead of you navigate to a dashboard and pull out a graph you can just put up the command prompt you can choose to do that but you can also just put up the command prompt and ask for that specific graph and then it would get it like so you need to build user interfaces that are components like that, mm. that it can understand and figure out and and, and work with uh, when you just want quick answers. So these things, some things are going to, to be that. But no, I think the world is actually going to be much more interesting because software is going to be much more about, it's going to be much more for you. That's going to be much more software built by people that think like you and work for you. You don't have, maybe also because it's going to be more crowded so you might not have uh, uh, like four pieces of software to choose from which are all more similar you might have 20 and then you can pick the one that's just like your what your value in this like you have many different crm systems like some are built for big organizations that can impose a lot of rules for managers. Some are built to be super lenient for the average salesperson. Like, mm -hmm. uh, what choice do you take? Like, some are built to work really great together with marketing. Some are not. Like, like so I think it's it's those choices. And that's so the thing So it's going to kind of mold a bit more. Software, you believe, is going to mold a bit more around the individual as opposed to being sort of as as blanket for everyone. It's, there's going to be the, the, the choice is going to open that up, you think? Yeah, more quality. Okay. So it, it doesn't matter if you choose like one piece of communication software. You always have already have that. Like some people use Slack, some people use Teams, some people use uh, Threads, some people use like. like so, so I think uh, mm. I think it's just a good thing for the world. Yeah, uh, that yeah. software gets easier to build mm. uh, because you can get something that's close and close to what you value. But I think it's gonna be not on the hardcore features, but more on the how have you chosen to 
structure this because that's the choice yeah. you're going to get like okay i like this more because it's more focused on what what i want in the world or how mm. i like the things i i I, I agree and I, and I also think to go a step further i think there's a um there's probably going to be a lot of development in in like ai ui right in this idea yeah. that one piece of software depending on who uses it will look completely different just based mm. on behavior that it will it will change and it will morph based on in the same way like you said that that workjoy you know doesn't display certain menu items until certain things are being done like a similar kind of thing like that but to the extreme where literally you know it will be completely different from one person to the next just based on the way that they inter interact with the software it will give them back certain different things and i think that would be that would be a really interesting time to see that kind of ui and software develop um and it will probably be powered i would imagine by ai yeah at least lm is like i'm i'm really looking forward yeah. to llms being like we're still super early days so i'm just mm -hmm. watching and playing uh I don't believe in being a first mover. The second mover has a way bigger advantage because they yeah. can look at the mistakes the first mover made. And uh, so, so, but, but there's tons of potential just in WorkJoy mm. for using all of this for advising and helping leaders based on the data on the team. But that again requires, for example, self-hosted mm. uh, LLMs because you might not want to share sensitive in data like so that means we need to to be able to host the lmms ourselves yeah. which are also I mean, coming you, you like, need to be able to siphon it um uh, appropriately like you said yeah because you, you might not want the the intern to have the same level of access to the the company information as say the the executive team right so yeah you need to find ways that's, of, of that's one thing but you but you also want an element that's hosted on the same server as the database so right, you don't right. send all your company secrets or all the private thing, things that employees have said or whatever you want to work on that's text process right uh, yeah but i think there's a lot of possibilities for doing doing great things so so i'm just like from that perspective i'm really looking into the whole hybrid coach ai thing for leaders like but uh just mm. on a who knows basis like it's yeah. gonna be something at some point but uh, keep an eye on it keep an eye on it and see what happens all right man well look it's really great to see you again i'll let you go because we're a bit over and um i'm sure you've got well you i know you've got a lot to do so, <laughs> <laughs> so i'll let you crack on but look i'm gonna message you after this because if we should arrange another chat where i can show you what i've been building or what but not i've been building what my team's been building i can't take responsibility because yeah. i'd love your feedback on it um because i know we spoke about it briefly before but it's been a while so it'd be good to hear um, what your thoughts are and um, yeah, man, I keep up the great work. Yeah, you too. Really, really nice to see you again. And, uh, yeah, yeah, likewise, likewise. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Take care. We'll, I'll much. speak to you soon. Great. Thank you for watching and/or listening. Please like, subscribe, and join the conversation in the comments below.